Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show today. Uh, you ask what's for dinner tonight. Quick trip. They've got you covered. Freshly prepared meals right there in their kitchen, shipped out to the stores, and they are ready for you the same day, whether you're looking for uh, beef stroganoff, pork chops, stuffing, potatoes, gravy. They've got it all. Don't forget to use your quick rewards card as well. So when you ask what's for dinner tonight, Quick Trip, they got you covered. Stop into your local Quick Trip stores. Uh, bring him in now, Michael Lombardi, the former NFL GM, joining us, our Radio.com Sports NFL Insider as well. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. What did we find out last night about the Chicago Bears and about the L.A. Rams? Well, on the Bears front, I think what we found out was that, you know, offensively they're still a mess, whether they have MVP Mitch quarterback or Nick Foles. doesn't really matter. Their offensive creativity, their game plans just really aren't very good. And anytime they play against a team that understands how to attack their defense, can adequately block their front, they're going to have a hard time scoring. They need the game in the teens for them to really win against any team, a good team. You know, they can beat Carolina because they can shut Carolina's offense down, and they can make a few plays against a a Carolina defense. But when they play better teams and they have to handle the offense and also score with their offense, I think that's where they get in the most trouble. Talking with Michael Lombardi, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. 2020 Pro Football Pick'em, 1000 bucks up for grabs every single week at radio.com slash picks. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast available at radio.com. The Packers get kind of back on track offensively, but against a bad defensive team, uh, the Houston Texans. So what do we glean from that after they ended up getting kind of manhandled and punched in the mouth just a week prior down in Tampa Bay? Well, look, Tampa Bay is a good team. I mean, Tampa Bay is a really good football team. Defensively, I think that they have the ability to create havoc, as we saw, and create problems for Aaron Rodgers. You know, Houston's not that, so we understand that. I mean, what we learned was they have to be able to not turn the ball over. Their offense needs to get in gear in terms of protecting the football. And defensively, you know, they're going to have moments where they, they need to be able to clamp down on a team 
handle that running game, and then also can they handle can they put enough pressure on the quarterback to create some problems, which they really didn't do against Tom Brady. So, you know, I, I think we we can't overreact to losses during the season. No one's going to pitch a perfect game. You know, they've got a big game this week against uh, against uh, Minnesota. I think their numbers, when you break down what Green Bay's been able to accomplish during the course of the season, you know, they are they are pretty good. They're one of the better teams. They're in my power rankings. They're the second best offense in football. You know, they get nine sacks per pass play with their defense, so that's good. They're holding opponents to 14. They're 14 uh, in the league in terms of holding their their opponents to points. Their schedule that they played is the sixth most difficult schedule in the league. So, you know, I mean, I think there's obviously room for improvement. They need to be healthy, but I think they have as good a chance as anybody to come out of the NFC. So as you sit there as a general manager looking at what the Green Bay Packers situation is, knowing that, I I mean, I think to the naked eye, all of us see that they probably need a little more depth at wide receiver. They could use another down lineman defensively. They could probably use a linebacker because of Kirksey going down indefinitely. Are you, with the closing window of Aaron Rodgers, at at what point do you push your chips to the middle of the table and say, we have to go for it? Well, I, I think have to go for it in desperation. I think Bruce Springsteen has a great line in one of his songs. You know, sometimes I can't tell my courage from my desperation. I think you need to be courageous, not desperate. And I think that that's what Brian, the general manager at Gutekest, has to do. He's got to be courageous, make a move, but not be desperate to get something and scour the whole landscape. I think he's done a good job of extending what Ted Thompson was doing. Ted only dealt with college free agents after the draft and just the draft. And I think Brian's done a much better job of expanding the globe and trying to find players within the framework of the team. So I would continue to do that. I think there's opportunity. A lot of teams want to be able to to dump players next year. So there's going to be a huge market for selling players in 2021. I think what you're going to see in 2021, the teams that have cap room, are going to be the teams that really benefit because so many teams aren't. So you've got to think on one hand, you've got to think long-term. On the other hand, you also got to think short-term. So, you know, he does have the ability to be flexible with his cap. He does have the ability to make a few moves. I mean, he's got $7 million worth of cap room currently as we speak. And then next year, as he goes into the season, you know, he's, he's dealing with about, you know, he's only has 3 million worth of room. He's got 39 players. So he has to be careful because next year he's got to get his team below the cap, especially in light of COVID when it goes come down. So as we move forward, I I guess you hear about names being on the open market and you start to think, okay, how can I bolster this team? And you talk about draft choices, obviously. Um, When you hear names like J.J. Watt being tossed around out there, Michael Thomas being tossed around out there, do you make that splash? What, What, as a general manager, makes you make that splashy move? If they're good, I mean, look, I love J.J. Watt, and J.J. Watt basically could be, you know, in in the right role playing, you know, less time, playing less minutes could be effective. But the J.J. Watt, the fans remember, the dominating player uh, from his first years at the Houston Texans is not the same J.J. Watt you're seeing today. They're not 32nd in the National Football League because of it. I mean, the perfect example is Jadion Clowney. I mean, let's be real. Let's be realistic. I mean, he signs for 15 million this off season. The media comes out and thinks, 
that the tech, the Titans have the greatest pass rusher in the history of all of football. Yet they're one of the worst teams on third down. They can't rush the passer. Clowney's got six pressures, no sacks, really makes no impact on the game. So the name sounds great, but the performance has to match the name. And I think that's what Brian will do a good job trying to find that. As you start to look, uh, then you hear the rumors that the Jets could possibly shop Quinn and Williams for the right price. A guy that's come in as a top draft choice and, and has proven himself. So what, as a general manager, do you start the way in that particular situation? Because aren't you, in essence, getting a first-round draft choice that's now got a little bit of experience under his belt? No doubt. And you get a, you get a blue-chip defensive lineman, you, you know, you definitely want to take that. Who's got years left on his contract? You're, you're not going to get a player for free. I mean, look. What the Colts did in terms of getting Buckner, they had to pay Buckner. They gave up a first-round pick to get Buckner. Then they paid him. If you give up a first-round pick for Williams, you don't have to pay him. He still has three more years on his contract. So that that's kind of a benefit that you could achieve, assuming that you feel like he fits to what you do and he can make an impact. Defensive linemen typically take at least a year before you see them really develop into the player that you hope you drafted. I think Derek Brown, who was drafted the – seventh all overall pick by Carolina this year from Auburn. He's starting to play to the level that he was drafted, but it does take some time. I mean, Isaiah Simmons, the player that was drafted right after Derek Brown, played five plays on Sunday night, five. He played seven plays in the kicking game, seven. And he made that interception that everybody thinks he's having a great rookie season. But if he doesn't make that play, everybody was going to wonder where the heck he's been. And part of that is because we've had no offseason. We've had no time. It takes young players a little bit of time to get accustomed to what's going on. Talking to former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, the Radio.com Sports NFL Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So the, the, the Packers offensively look really, really good, and that was even without uh, a guy like Aaron Jones, who was uh, down this past weekend. Uh, they're down Alan Lazard, obviously. you got Devontae Adams, who is the bell cow when it comes to the wide receiving position. How, I, I guess, uh, how impressed have you been, or should we be concerned that it's, Devontae, it's the Devontae Adams show and that the depth at wide receiver has not been great, but the fact that they've been able to spread the ball around, get it to different tight ends, get it out of the backfield, does that just automatically overcome for maybe a lack of depth at wide receiver? Do you see them going far this way, or do they have to find themselves an additional guy? I think as long as Aaron Rodgers is willing to throw the ball and play point guard like he's doing this year. I mean, last year he didn't do this. Last year he kind of was reluctant. I think the new system, you know, you're kind of holding back. But the reality is when he's willing to distribute the football to players and they're open, then, then all of a sudden, it doesn't matter who he's throwing to, they make plays. And I think we saw that, especially when Adams was out. Now, I, I think he's got to continue doing that. I mean, Rodgers has played at a high, high level. I know he told Pat McAfee that even his down years are great years for other people. That's true. But this Aaron Rodgers, this is back to when he had a lot of that talent around him, whether it was Finley, whether it was all those other great receivers that he had. I mean, he's, you know, he's throwing it down the field. He's making plays down the field, which is really what he needs to do. In the past five years, he wasn't doing that, and I think that's really critical. It really comes down to his willingness to embrace the players around him, which I think he has this year. Is he having an MVP season? He looks like it to me. I mean, you know, he's playing as well as anybody can play right now, and their offense is playing as well as anybody can play. You know, and, and, I, and I think when you break down their team, you know, people say, well, who's he throwing the ball to? What's he doing? You know, he's, he's doing exactly what the system wants him to do and how they're playing it. And, and, I, and I think that he's executing. You know, he's not going to turn the ball over, 
He's not going to be able to, or I mean, other than the Tampa game he did, but I mean, he's not turning the, typically turning the ball over. He's careful with the football. He's given the receivers a chance to make a, really a lot of plays. And, you know, he's averaging eight yards per attempt down the field, 17 touchdown passes, two interceptions. That's the kind of year he's got to have. Forget percentage of completion. I mean, he's at 66, but you have to look at yards per attempt. That's the critical number. And the fact that they've given up almost 100, they've given up 159 this year, and they've scored 197, it shows that his ability to keep scoring has allowed them to really win, win games. Michael, great stuff. I appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining Anytime. us, a friend. Appreciate Thanks, it, okay? Sir. Bye-bye. There you go. Michael Lombardi, former Cleveland Browns general manager, former NFL general manager, Radio.com Sports NFL insider. And uh, he is uh, brought to you by our friends at Rocket Mortgage, the 2020 pro football pick. I'm 1000 bucks up for grabs every single week at Radio.com slash picks. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast available at Radio.com. That's Radio.com. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, the man that was in the spotlight this past weekend for the Green Bay Packers. We're going to hear from Jamal Williams coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Let the good times roll. And I want these words to make things right. But it's the wrongs that make the words come to life. But who does he think he is? If that's the worst you got, better put your fingers back to the key. One night, one more Our friends at Newmel Medical Center want to remind you, you're feeling down, you're feeling sluggish, got the brain fog going on, or maybe you put on the unwanted pounds during the whole COVID thing and you're just not getting out and doing what you used to do. They can help. They have different locations, yes, uh, numerous locations, but one phone number to call, 414-455-4451. Tell them we sent you, 414-455-4451, whether it's energy, jump-starting the all-in-one weight loss program, uh, helping you out with ED, they can help out in numerous areas, including vitamins and things like that for your body. I mean, they've got all kinds of stuff they've expanded into, and there's so many others out there that are trying to do what they do. And if they weren't doing it right, others wouldn't be trying to imitate it, right? I mean, you know, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. That's because they're doing it right. All you got to do is call 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Five, one. Jamal Williams of the Green Bay Packers started on Sunday after Aaron Jones sidelined with that calf injury. He talks about jumping right up with uh, that emotion after he was tackled in the first quarter and his helmet was ripped off. I'm just excited for all plays that I, I do well on and just team plays that we all do well on. But on certain plays, when I get those opportunities to, to just go out and do what I can to help our team get first downs or get those large chunks of plays, you know what I mean? So it just gets me excited. And, I, and you know, I'll just be trying to get the juice going for the team, but just doing it in my way. So just being me out there. And you hate to think about it, okay, because he's coming in for Aaron Jones. You want your team to win. You want to play well. But – we know it's a league about performance, and we know it's a league about getting paid, and he's about to get paid, whether it's in Green Bay or someplace else. So how much thought, if at all, did he give to himself or telling himself that this could possibly be uh, a, an audition for a starting job uh, as either a one or a two in another system next year, whether it's with the Packers or somewhere else? 
really just take every opportunity I get. But, you know, sad that my boy couldn't play. But, you know, it's always next man up. And I'm really just taking every opportunity I can to show, you know, I could be a starter running back and I could show my potential and everything that I have to put on the field for the team. So I'm just trying to make sure that we get come out with the dub and be productive every time I touch the ball. Coming out with the dub, with the W. Good stuff. Um, by the way, he talks also, Jamal Williams does, uh, running back for the Green Bay Packers, about the fact that the offense, um, it's not just one guy. And even though it was uh, quite a few passes to Devontae Adams, he said, look, we're getting contributions from everywhere. Felt great. Feel like a team effort, a team win. Feel like everybody just did their 111 and just did their part and nobody trying to do more than what they needed to do. So felt great. It felt awesome to see Malik get his first touchdown and see how excited he was. The one thing you learn about this team as it goes on and you hear from more and more guys, a lot of guys rooting for one another. Now, I know Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones came in the league together. They were shopped together, so to speak. Uh, I go back to when we were sitting out there in Radio Row at Super Bowl, and Lee Steinberg walks over to us and says, yeah, I think you want to interview these guys. And, you know, at the time you're thinking, you know, these these you know guys that are coming into the NFL draft, they're going to the combine, eh, you know. And then sure enough, they both get drafted by the Green Bay Packers, and they've been extreme friends ever since. So he said, hey, I, you know, look, when, when it comes to injuries and things like that, there's genuine friendships. He's always ready. He says, just like Aaron Jones. We both in our fourth year, yeah, we both have that the vet mindset. So, well, for me, I just do my role and know if I need to be the next man up, I'm ready to be up and always ready at all times. So, you know, just step up for the team and let them always have trust in me to know that I can be in that role too and make sure it's productive. Now, the most amazing thing about this was that the game plan when Aaron Jones went down, Matt LaFleur didn't deviate from that. He said, look, when, when Aaron went down with that calf injury, that game plan that they had put in and in place with Aaron Jones in mind, because they believe in what Jamal Williams can bring to the table, they didn't change the game plan. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Nothing really changed because I feel, you know, we all do the same thing and everybody still got their different types, but at the same time, we all can do everything on the field. So catching the ball, running the ball, certain routes that we all can run. So it's just being sure that we always ready to do whatever we need to do on the field. Now we know he's a dancer and we know he's a music guy. We know that he loves to just jam out specifically. If you've ever had a chance to get in uh, to Lambeau Field or anywhere else for that matter and see him, when he's on the field prior to he's somebody that's always moving, always jumping, always listening to something. seems like he's either singing or drumming or air guitaring or whatever. So the question was put out there, what is on your pregame playlist? Just depends on my mood. I don't know how to really explain what type of music it is. Just cause it'd be like stuff that make me shuffle or I might have some rock songs and then I got my, my hip hop songs. But it just depends on what type of mood I'm in for the day, really. And it depends on what type of new songs came out. And he talks about how extensive that playlist is. I got like a, a shuffle. I listen to a lot of things. Most of the time it be beats and I don't care what it is. If it got a good beat to it or it's just an instrumental, that's mostly what I'd be listening to. I really like beats a lot. So most of the time I'd be uh, <laughs> just out there dancing to instrumentals. There you go. Also, uh, 19 carries on Sunday after getting just 33 in the first five games. Uh, by far his biggest workload of the season. And he talks about, you know, getting more involved, getting lathered up. 
it's all about just coming back in the day after the game and make sure you get that workout in to get all the soreness out and get moving again. So it's really just when the adrenaline wears off, you know, you start feeling it. But at the same time, it's just you just got to get moving again and, and keep that mindset of what we got going on. Especially when you and win, it, it helps you uh, get past the soreness quickly. And then one of the other things that uh, he discussed was, look, a very, very solid performance this past weekend against the Houston Texans. And it was great to finish that whole performance off with his first rushing rushing touchdown of the season. I've been waiting on the touchdown forever. But, you know, just grateful to get that one. And, and to finish it off with the last touchdown felt great. So, you know, it just shows, you know, the grind. I love the grind. I love wearing down defenses from first quarter to fourth quarter and really just showing that mental strength that we have as a team. Let them know that we're going to keep pounding and we're going to keep moving the ball and try to score every time we get the ball. So there you go. That is uh, Jamal Williams of the Green Bay Packers getting his spotlight time because Aaron Jones down with that calf injury this past weekend. He was able to get some playing time against the Houston Texans. Uh, you know what? You want to talk about stars? Stars of the game, of the window game. It's our friends from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Through the end of the month, through the end of the weekend, no money down, no interest, no payments for 24 months when you replace the, the, the leaky, the squeaky, the old doors and windows. Now, look around your house. If you did like I did, when I first moved into my new home, I looked around and there were some patio doors that needed to be replaced, a couple of windows, you know, things like that. And then you start to think about the security. You look and you see the sticks in the door. Okay, do you feel safe? And we've had things in our, you know, society, people worried about things like that or break-ins and people worried about leaky doors and windows when it comes to air getting through. And if they're not secure and they're not latched tightly, then not only can somebody else come in, but also you can get wind and such through your through your windows. You can get cold air coming through your windows or hot air in the summertime. And you, the beautification of your home alone, you talk about property values right now with everybody selling their homes and home values being extremely high. So why not add to that? Uh, think about this. Through the end of October, no money down, no interest, no payments for 24 months when you replace those old and leaky doors and windows. And you can also then take it a step further if you choose to do so. You can actually go 2.99% APR financing for 12 years if you want to go in that direction. So the chilly winds already blowing. 28 degrees this morning. You know it. You can Pella now or pay later. Again, no money down, no interest, no payments for 24 months, or a 12-year 2.99% APR financing to approve credit right now through the end of the month. That's the end of this weekend. Certain restrictions apply, but if you want to, you can check out our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Set up your free, free consultation. PellaWI.com. Again, that's PellaWI.com. Stay tuned. Going to talk some Badger football, and we'll give you a little preface to it when we come back. Stay tuned. Got a lot more coming up right after this. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. A reminder, coming up on Thursday night, it's the Bill Michaels Tunnel presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Naturally carbonated, gluten-free, includes no artificial flavors. Go to BudLight.com for all the info. And the huddle is going to have on it this coming Thursday night on the panel, Doug Russell, who's been here before, and going to talk with our own Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insiders. We get you ready for the Packers 
And the Vikings, again, coming up this Thursday night, 6 to 8, on many of these same stations. So make sure you tune in or find us on the Radio.com app. That's the Radio.com app. Um, You got Jack Cohn, who's out because he had that foot surgery. Graham Mertz has tested positive for COVID, and uh, it has now been confirmed. Chase Wolf not practicing, waiting for the latest results. So, you know, Ben Wargle. Um, and he joined us a little bit earlier today at BadgerBlitz.com and Rivals Network, and you can find him on Twitter at the Badger Nation. When he joined us, I'm like, look, uh, you, you're an injury. Well, you're really, really thin at that position now. Well, yeah, without question. I mean, you look at the quarterback room right now, and you already don't have Jack Cohn, who is recovering from foot surgery. That happened uh, earlier uh, this month, um, so he's not an option. Uh, you're not going to have if both these tests, these PCR tests from Mertz, and Chase will come back positive. They're out for 21 days, so they miss the next three games. So for the next three weeks where you face Nebraska on the road, Purdue at home, and then you have to go to Michigan, you're going to be down to your four-string quarterback. And then beyond that, you're going to have a walk-on who is just in his first couple months on campus. So not an ideal situation for this team. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the positive tests start and end in the quarterback room. And if that's the case, then Wisconsin may be able to survive this and play some games. But then the, also question, the other question is, too, if an injury occurs, who is your, uh, who's your emergency quarterback? You have a number of guys on this team that have played quarterback in high school, but there's a far different cry from playing quarterback in high school mm-hmm. than playing quarterback in the Big Ten. So all kind of remains to be seen, but it looks as of right now uh, Kimberly – former Kimberly quarterback Danny Vandenboom might be in line to get the start, uh, his first career start on Saturday in Lincoln. Um, what is the timetable for the return of Mertz? Is it two weeks? So would he miss both the Nebraska Three. and the Purdue game? Three, Three. weeks? Three. So he would miss Big the Michigan Ten. game as well. Yeah, Big Ten has a very strict rule that if you test positive and the, the more antigen PCR tests confirm that you have coronavirus, you have to miss 21 days from the time you test positive of a practice and games. So, um, you know, it's very different in other leagues. I think SEC is 14 days. I think the ACC, Big 12, and some other conferences are just 10. But the Big 10 is trying, as they saw with canceling of the season uh, back in August, they're, they're moving very, very, they're moving very cautiously with this. They're concerned about, you know, with, with the heart problems associated with uh, coronavirus and, and younger people. They're concerned about outbreaks they want to be very very cautious because of their timetable trying to get nine games in in nine weeks they don't they're trying to prevent these type of outbreaks from flaring back up so Mertz and Chase Wolf if positive they will miss the next three weeks of games and one could argue that's maybe the toughest three weeks on Wisconsin's schedule with those two road games this weekend and then in a couple weeks at Michigan. Um, and I just had this question that was posed to me on Twitter. Let's just say Graham Mertz, you know, is positive and he's going to not be able to even come back until November 21st. That gives you a total of four games. Could, and this is from a guy asking a question, said to ask Ben, I'm not quite sure. Could they just say, let's keep him for another season and redshirt him again? There are no, anyone who plays this year does not lose any eligibility. This is like a free year, according to the NCAA. So anyone who plays this year, this does not count against their eligibility clock. So if, even if Mertz plays every game, he will okay. come back next year as a redshirt freshman. That goes the same with everybody. Um, that That's what passed. I thought. 
that I just wasn't passed, sure. Uh, uh, I think a couple couple months ago, maybe kind of mid August, that this this season for fall sports. I don't know about winter. I don't know about basketball. I think actually basketball this got passed too, because of this these seasons being affected by the virus. No, no one's going to be punished by losing a year of eligibility. What does this do like to recruiting then as well? I mean, if you're an incoming recruit, there's only going to be so much space if you want to keep a guy an extra year, if a guy wants to stay in college an extra year. Correct. I, I think it's going to be based on uh, school decision as well. So just because it, it doesn't count with your year of eligibility doesn't mean that some programs aren't going to be able to fund that. I mean, we saw that with UW back when the spring sports, uh, you saw when the softball season, when track and field, um, all those other spring sports were canceled, and they were allowed those student-athletes to come back for an extra year. UW said it's best that you start to move on you know, with your, with your professional lives. So they were not going to honor that scholarship beyond you know, the next season. That drew a little bit of flack, but it was, a, it was say, as a budgetary concern. You have to wonder if some schools, and there has been schools in the Big Ten now, Iowa, Minnesota notably, that are starting to have to cut athletic programs. Now, if you're trying to bring back fall sports and say you have 20 scholarship football players, that's a lot of money you have to shell up for another year. And then you top it on to volleyball and hockey and, and basketball. Now, that's a lot of cash that these schools are being asked to fork over for their student-athletes for an additional year in a year where you're losing a lot of revenue because you don't have ticket sales, you don't have admissions, you don't have parking. It's a lot of revenue that you're losing. So it, it will be interesting to kind of see how schools approach that. I believe the NCAA is going to be a, a little bit more forgiving with that. Surprisingly, they have been forgiving with granting this extra year of eligibility. That's usually not the NCAA's stance. They're usually kind of, you know, Mr. Grinch with a magnifying glass trying to punish these schools inconsistently. But this will be a benefit to the student-athletes, Now it's just up to the schools if they're willing to kind of extend those benefits to them. So let's talk about the game itself. Uh, what they did to Illinois, 45-7. to Graham Mertz just went off. Uh, we have not seen anything like this in a long, long time. Talk about his play. I have said, and, and just to the eyeball test, he just looks like a good quarterback. He's got a strong arm. What we saw was a good vision, decision-making. He had preciseness with the football. Uh, just you tell me what you saw. I saw a very special player that was very well coached into this game. If you watched early, they set him up almost for success with some of the, the play calls early on. They didn't really put a lot on his plate early. They kind of spoon-fed him some stuff really attacked uh, the wire, uh, the running backs and the flats. Just easy passes, high percentage completions to kind of get him in a rhythm. And then you kind of saw the offense open up a little bit more. You saw him complete passes over the middle uh, to, to Jake Ferguson and Danny Davis. Just maybe expanded a little bit. So after completing passes early to kind of the first level of defense, you got to the second level. And then that throw to, to Davis at the end of the second quarter right before half where he just aired it out look just so effortless. I mean, things look effortless to Graham. And to be fair, we haven't seen a lot of him over the course of the last year because uh, obviously there was no spring practices. Fall practices were close to the media, uh, and we didn't see him during uh, the 2019 regular season. Uh, we only saw him in fall camp. And even then, you could, you could see that he had the skill set. There's still a lot of things that need to be polished. Uh, obviously, the transition from high school to college is a big one. 
he had a lot to do because the offenses were a little bit different, how he had to take uh, snaps were a little bit different, his dropbacks. So you could just see him kind of polishing up those things last year, but just look, just made the position look easy. Um, very encouraging for Wisconsin to have a player like that in your arsenal. It'll be interesting to see next year, not to you know, look too far ahead, if Cohn does decide to come back, what Wisconsin is going to try to do with both Cohn and Mertz, who easily is the future of that position. But uh, Wisconsin has a really good one here. I mean, we knew that for a long time, but I think Friday really validated that this kid could be something special for the Badgers. Talking with uh, Ben Wargle uh, of Badger Nation here and uh, trying to kind of talk a little bit more about, or badgerblitz.com, I should say, and uh, Rivals Network. And uh, you can find him at the Badger Nation on Twitter. Jake Ferguson, obviously a big game. But was the the passing game what you thought it would be? Is the talent there to be able to? Because I, th- I saw some downfield passes, which I really enjoyed. I saw, obviously, going to the tight end. I saw motion. I mean, I saw many different things when you talk about the ability to get downfield. Going to Danny Davis, going to Kendrick Pryor, going to Jake Ferguson, moving the ball all over the place. I liked what I saw. But is there any concerns or red flags when you talk about the passing game? I think there was more concerns week one with the running game. I thought the running game really kind of struggled to get into a flow and a rhythm early. Um, but I think from the passing game standpoint, you knew they had personnel there that could that could make this offense hum. I mean, Jake Ferguson has had two really solid years, and he came into this year pretty much knowing he was going to have to burden a lot. Um, losing a guy like Jonathan Taylor takes a lot. But you lose Quintez Cephas, too, Wisconsin's best downfield threat, and right. a pretty good slot receiver, too, in A.J. Taylor that Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor both had shown some really good things in their career, but are coming up really down years in 2019, which was surprising considering the stability Wisconsin had a quarterback. So there was that little bit of unknown of what Wisconsin's going to be from a receiver standpoint. You knew what you're going to have in Ferguson. Ferguson had at least one catch in every game. I think he had three ca- at least three catches in six games last year. He was just that steady influence. Um, to get that kind of pop from Davis down the field – I think is going to be a huge boost for this team uh, to have that kind of threat. That's going to help open up the offense. Um, the concern I think for me is, is what Wisconsin has a running back. Now, Garrett Groshek is a very good player, multidimensional can run the ball, uh, can catch the ball, in the backfield. I think that was encouraging. Nakia Watson is a more between the tackles kind of guy. And I think the pressure that Illinois was able to kind of create in the interior really kind of bowled up the running game a little bit. I thought Isaac Garendo played a little too fast, too. Now, first game, obviously, there's a weird year. You don't put a ton of stock into it, per se, but Wisconsin should have been able to run the ball a little bit better against an Illinois team that averaged just under four yards per carry. They got a lot of that production late after Illinois kind of got worn down a little bit. But I think that kind of going forward is going to be the concern for Wisconsin because you don't have that real game-breaker anymore in the backfield with Taylor. You're going to have a three-man approach, you need to be able to figure out how to kind of maximize that, that room to get some bear production. There you go. Ben Wargle of uh, the uh, BadgerBlitz.com and Rivals Network joined us earlier today on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They uh, treat you fair. 85-plus years. If you're looking for a great team, a great job, if you're looking for a change of careers, that's the way to go. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Two things you are going to want to hear when we come back. One is from inside the locker room of the Milwaukee Bucks. Another one is, well, we'll just say the media has been put on notice 
by Aaron Rodgers. Next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers begin installing the game plan tomorrow for the Vikings. After inside linebacker Christian Kirksey was placed on IR, rookie Chris Barnes stepped in. And on Sunday, Kamal Martin played, scoring six tackles in just 29 snaps in the win over the Texans. Now, Martin has not played in a game since last November when he suffered a knee injury in his senior year for the Minnesota Gophers. It was just fun to get out there and play football again. You know, I haven't played football in the, in, in a while after I got hurt last year, so um, it was just fun to get out there and fly around and just just play ball again, know, know what I do and play how I play. Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes both getting a lot of experience at inside linebacker. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Yeah, no, I think it's great. You know, we're building depth at that position, which is critical. The linebackers are the quarterback of the defense. They need to know what's going on and be able to handle just whatever checks or maybe within the play calls or or different formations that that you're seeing. So their communication, it's awesome to see young players be able to step into that role and, and do a good job. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. We are glad you are with us. A couple of things. On the Pat McAfee Show, we know that Aaron Rodgers makes his weekly appearance now. That is a, that is a thing. Um, so last week, you remember that Aaron was just didn't seem like he was in a good mood. He was even asked, are you in a good mood? And he, you know, was rather short with his answer on Wednesday with the media. And when he was asked more about that from last week, he wanted to clarify. He blames it on the media. Take a listen. I will address, you know, last Wednesday. I think it was, uh, it was one of the poorest set of questions that I've received all year. Okay. Um, you know, those people got a job to do. We were four and one. Um, and I think I've been really good on those. And I, I try and be as thoughtful as possible and give them answers that, um, you know, that, that answer the question and maybe give them some insight. But I thought, you know, some of the questions were just um, poor questions. So mm-hmm. poor questions don't always get the same type of answers. and. and and look, I know they have a job to do, and I'm not saying it's easy, but when it started off the way it started off with that question, beginning the the press conference, it uh, it really didn't get much better at that point. So he's right. I'm not saying that last week's were poor questions, but I think we've all been in this, and I I include myself in this. Okay, every media member does. There are times when you are in a press conference. And you are talking to a guy like Aaron Rodgers or a head coach or what have you. And they ask a question. There's a question asked. And you've just shaken your head. And you went, what the hell? Why are you asking that question? That's, it's just stupid. And that was probably one of those things last week for him. Now, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Now, uh, Kyle Korver discussed inside the Bucks locker room down in the bubble when they have some discussions about, uh, you know, protesting games. We'd had a lot of conversations about all this, and, and um, 
you know, a couple days before Jacob Blake had been shot, and then there was a story about a young, a young white kid running through the street, and he was shooting people. It, it, the whole, it was, our, our team was super raw. Like, I think a lot of people were, um, but just, you know, being that that was where we were from, people were really feeling the story and really feeling the pain. Um, and so we walked into that game, and, you know, we're trying to get ready for a playoff game, but we're not really there mentally. And there was a series of events that happened. One of our, one of our coaches, um, Darvin Ham, he, I'm sure he'd be fine with me telling this story, but he's got two sons that are in their 20s. who They live in Milwaukee, right? He's thinking about them. Darvin Ham's a big man. He, was a, he played at Texas Tech. There's a, I don't know if you guys remember him shattering the backboard. Like big, strong guy, big, big guy. And he's just, he's, he's in tears. And he, he came in and he said something like, it's kids out on the streets. It's really emotional. And went into this little, the locker rooms were kind of weird, but there's like a little coaches thing that had been set up and like just took the whole thing down. Everyone's jumped up, and everyone's already on edge, and everyone's already in bad headspace. And I just sat there in my chair with tears running down my face. Kyle Corver talking about the decision to take, uh, you know, a strike out in a town hall meeting at Creighton University. Uh, that was Sunday. And he kind of detailed the emotional nature of the Bucks locker room as well as the decision made by George Hill to lead the team to their protests. Uh, he goes further in all of that. It's a real interesting read. I know Sports Illustrated has it, and there's some other entities that have it out there. But it's just interesting when we talk about what you need to do as a player. Just go play um, as to what they went through. So, um, you know, no matter what side you're on, I, I think you still take a listen to it to find out what the emotion was for all of those guys inside that locker room. So, uh, some good stuff from Aaron Rodgers, good stuff from, from Kyle Korver, and uh, good stuff from you today. Appreciate it as always. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Devontae Adams. Hey, we're going to talk some hockey tomorrow as well. I'm looking forward to that. And Stacy Dales, our girl, comes back from the NFL Network. Love talking to Stacy Dales. She's going to join us tomorrow as well. Time for us to go. Have a going. Hoop! Sports Talk Network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.